You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. There it is, the uh, the whippersnipper. It does sound a little bit like a tinny chainsaw. <laughs> It's the whippersnipper with the mower to start things off, and we'll bring the blower in a bit later. Uh, yeah, this is the week in review. Um, quick one on rugby league. We talked a bit about the, up the top about uh, last night's games, but NRLW expanding by four teams. Too much, too soon, Morgs? No, no, it was brilliant this year. Get into it. Get going. Accelerate. Yeah. AFL, AFL did the same thing. Just go with it. And there's money in the bank with rugby league. It's a great board, broadcast product. They mm. bounced back well from COVID, I'm, you know. I'm assuming here a little bit around the finances. Um, while the momentum's there, just go. And, and there's, got, there's got to be a great hunger from, from say, Canberra and North Queensland in those geographies to have that product. I just go for it. it it's not great for rugby because that what happens at the moment too is, and, and even AFLW and they lots of up, things, yeah. it's all about – it's the same talent pool. Mm. Um, so this is great for rugby league. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out financially. They, they do need to be – not prudent, but careful, because it is an investment. Well, the netball is a, is a bit of a lesson at the moment, isn't it? It's extraordinary what, what's happened in netball with the, the finances, and it it kind of got uncovered. Linda Pierce at Code Sports um, had the exclusive story about taking the grand final to Perth because they basically sold the rights to the grand final, but they didn't tell anyone what they were doing or why, <laughs> why they were doing yeah. it. And then two weeks later, all of a sudden, there's an investigation by News Corp into the books at Netball Australia and it's uncovered the fact that <laughs> they're $11 million in debt and you reference the player payments and I'm not saying they all should take pay cuts, but the player payments is 93% of the broadcast deal. That then means that enormous pressure on your commercial department to try and find sponsors to try and prop up the rest of the organisation to run the organisation. It's it's not tenable going yeah, forward. Yeah, I suppose by comparison, rugby union, the player-generated revenue, which is a similar way of looking at the way that they would in their CBA and netball, uh, it never really. I think it has to be at least twenty-nine percent mm. of revenue is spent on the players, and it, and it rarely, if ever, goes over a third. So that's that's pretty standard across the sports. Yes, exceptions need to be made around promoting the yeah. players through netball, but over ninety percent is just madness, and and that is you know someone's asleep at the wheel there. Yeah, horrible stuff. So um, yeah, exciting news for NRL W fans and also young emerging rugby league players of the female variety because they've now got a lot of choice to to do what they want with their career, which is um, good to see. Uh, Jack Whiten's going to be out of Origin 2, so that's a massive blow because, he, let's face it, he was New South Wales' best player in uh, in Origin 1, and now it's a case of who do they tip in? Who do they put in? Crichton obviously came off the bench and didn't have the greatest night when he came off the bench, but maybe it might be a different story when he starts the game. Uh, Stags, he, he's there as well, even though um, he and Tupo look like, or well, they were chosen for Tonga, but they're going to choose New South Wales because of the clash. 
next week. How do you feel about that, having Tongan internationals being eligible for origin? I think it's it's almost logical these days. Um, I, I, the good point is that they're not going to play at the same time that Origin's on, but in terms of things like a World Cup, I don't, I don't mind that. I, rugby's going down a similar path around players with dual uh, international experience. Mm. They, you know, an Israel Folau is going to play for Tonga against Australia A in Fiji next month, having played 50-odd tests for the Wallabies. So there's a little bit similar. It almost makes me think more about what players missed out on playing Origin. That would have been amazing at that stage because, you know, uh, Sonny Bill Williams yeah. uh, in the origin stage, if, if those sort of eligibility things, yeah, mm. if they were different. Um, James Graham, imagine him in an origin game. Yeah, some guys that just would have been suited to origin and in the mm. middle of the park especially. Um, yeah, obviously the interesting one is around what they do with Luttrell. The Bunnies have just got him right with his hammy, uh, get his body right, uh, not playing this week. They probably don't want him picked, do they? Probably not. Probably not. Any any latest there, Gibbo? Breaking news, you got your ear to the ground? I always got my ear to the ground, nose to the ground as well. Jason Demetrio <laughs> spoke throughout the week. He was you sort should of, get that fixed. Yeah. Well, I can't breathe throughout <laughs> it for some reason. But um, Jason Demetrio spoke throughout the week. He was saying as much as they want Latrell to be playing in these rep games, he just isn't fit enough. He's coming back from a hamstring injury, first of all. And then with COVID, on Monday was his first run with the team and he barely got through the session. So I think it would be a bit too much, but... Yeah. If there was a player who would be able to do it, Latrell probably could. But I know you hate those sort of things where the team comes over the origin side with Tommy Turbo. But, yeah, I don't think Latrell mm-hmm. play. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an anti – like Ruben Cotter, for instance, last night. I'm sure I didn't see the broadcast. I didn't listen to radio or whatever like that. But as soon as he did his hammy walking off, reports would have focused as much, not so much on the Cowboys, but uh, Queensland. It's like, hang on a minute, who's paying who here? He's been paid by the Cowboys. He needs to play in this game for the Cowboys to tr- for them to try and win it and get two points in the competition. It just seems like the the NRL competition's devalued somewhat during the ori- origin period because all the focus is on that. And what for? But Adam, this is origin. Oh no, it's origin. It's origin. Sound like raps. There were origin this tackles origin. and origin. <laughs> oh wait, geez, missed him, didn't we? Ah, uh, yeah, I missed him. I missed him. Have you seen him around the halls of Channel Nine? Hello, uh, Morgan. I think he's up on level nine with the big dogs uh, down where yeah. I am. He's <laughs> on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, exactly that too. In front of Sky Racing as well in the afternoon. Football, Socceroos off to a World Cup. Wow. What a call by the Socceroos coaching staff to go 119th minute. So I'm, I'm sitting at home, minding my own business in a quiet lounge room with the sound down, just trying to get through the morning and get the central nervous system across the line because it was – it was pretty frightful. I look down, I look back up and I see Andrew Redmayne running on and I think, am I still asleep? <laughs> what is going on here? I don't know if you watched it live, Morgs, or just saw the highlights or whatever, but so pumped, especially for the players, to be able to now experience and look forward to going to a World Cup after outperforming Peru, even though it was nil-nil and one on penalties. They outperformed Peru in a cutthroat playoff over there in Doha. Yeah, I got to see. I actually got up perfectly in time for the shootout. Oh, I nice! Missed, I missed and then yeah. I actually went back and watched most, almost all of the game, just to just see how how we didn't. I heard everyone say how well we played, but just couldn't get the decisive score. Yeah, especially how good we were in the first half. Yeah, after seeing that, that was impressive. Um, and yeah, so are you, what were you, were you thinking? That was a mistake. When no, you I, see the goalkeeper change, is it just strange? It was. It was so. Like, there was no way in the world anyone would have been thinking that apart from the people who made that decision. No way. Like, it, I just cannot, like, emphasize enough how big a surprise it was. It wasn't like you looked at it and go, what the hell are you doing? 
is like, what the hell is happening? So you could agree. And I've seen Redmayne save, um, win Sydney FC a grand final uh, in the A-League over there in Perth by doing the same routine, doing the Wiggles routine, coming up big in the penalty shootout, saving a couple, preparation. John Crawley, the soccer who's goalkeeping coach, who's been a little under the radar in the last couple of days about what he was able to provide. He would have had all the analysis on every single Peruvian penalty taker, where they would have put it, the mind games required to play, the water bottle thing. John Crawley spent mm. five years in South America. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving one for a year and a bit later on with a few of the reports saying that wasn't nice and we shouldn't be doing those things. <laughs> no, nah, do what you can. So, yeah, it just unreal. And now we take on France, which won't be easy. You know a bit about French football. Once had a son in a PSG academy. Look at you, you breeder of elite sports people. You. Yeah. He's seen the light and come back to rugby. I wish he'd have stayed, to be honest. <laughs> Killing Mbappe. You want to get... I was going to sign him up. I was going to manage him. Take so my percentage. France, Denmark, uh, and Tunisia are the, the three pool games. So not easy, um, but not impossible. There are worse pools to be in, surely. Worst pool. There's, there's one with Japan, Spain, and Germany. That's where you, you take the Namibia approach and just we're happy to be here. <laughs> There's no Namibias in yeah. this World Cup. Yeah. What was interesting, have you, I've seen the comms around that was always the plan. Yeah. With the three goalkeepers and the goalkeeping coach, they'd planned that that change was coming. Was that so that, say, a Redman could focus almost solely on Pretty much, stopping yeah. penalties in the preparation so that they knew exactly what was going on? Because he's not even the number two. Say if Matt Ryan got injured, Danny Vukovic yeah. comes on. He's the second goalkeeper. You're allowed three goalkeepers in the squad. Redmayne, it was purely brought in for that, and they, they cooked it up about a month beforehand. It's like, firstly, to even come up with that plan is one thing, but to keep it secret as well, that's not easy. That's tough, yeah. And Matt Ryan didn't know about it. Oh, he didn't know. He did not oh, know I about it. Oh, I saw the comms and assumed the three goalkeepers together knew who was working He had on no what. idea until his number went up. Wow. And you see, and it, mm. you know, when you're hit with a shock like that, you kind of find out a bit about a person. Matt Ryan apparently went straight up to Andrew Redmayne in penalty shootout and said, anything I can do, no ego whatsoever, just left. He doesn't have ego, so I'm not saying he left anything at the door. He doesn't have it in the first place. But And he was the first to celebrate, and he's just so pumped. So, yeah, heartwarming tale. Well, that's team sport, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's the difference, isn't it, with some of the people we talk about. So mm. um, that's it's good to see the Socceroos are a true team, and they're off to the World Cup because of it. Wallabies named a squad, uh, Morg. So we've got these test matches coming up. We've got England on the way, don't we? And we've got the rugby championship as well. There, there is a bit of hope with Australian rugby that uh, things have got better. And you certainly look at the results in Super Rugby and they've got the final this afternoon without an Australian team. Blues taken on the Crusaders. But things are a bit better. And how's this squad? Has this squad got more depth to it than anything we've seen in the last couple of years? Yeah, it certainly does, I think. To be fair, hope has turned into expectation, which I think is great. I'm expecting oh, the Wallabies to win this test series against England. Uh, England will come with a good side. They've had a big, long year of, and they're battle-hardened team with obviously Eddie Jones at the helm of them, and he'll, he'll be motivated to do what he did in 2016. Um, it, it's a, you know what it is? It's a squad without surprises, which talks about that depth. That all the guys that have performed well in Super Rugby this year have historically been good the last couple of years for the Wallabies are there. The three overseas guys based in Japan, Quade Cooper, Simon Karevi, and Marika Korimbedi are back as well. So it's, it's a pretty settled coaching staff and playing group. Dave Rennie obviously rates Quade Cooper highly, correct? Well, he do, well it's an interesting one, obviously. We've talked about it, but he... You know, Quaid had a coffee with Dave in, in Brisbane last year and because of COVID, with the, without the cross-border, they couldn't bring guys in from New South Wales. So they he came in just to train, impress, got a chance 
and won the test match after the bell against South Africa mm. and played well. Now they need to see Quaid against New Zealand, against England, to be sure, because truthfully, the Wallabies are going into a World Cup in just over 12 months, not quite sure who their best number 10 is. Is it James O'Connor? Is it Quade Cooper? Do they go on, who do you on potential with Noah Lollisau? I think right now it's James O'Connor, if his mm. body's okay. His issue is he's got a high injury profile at the moment. Quade's a great mature backup, and Noah is the up-and-comer. Can you see Australia walking away, by the way, from Super Rugby with the joint situation with Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, I don't think they'll walk away. But what, what I would say in the, the communication that's come out around the chairman saying they're looking at leaving, it's important that the leadership of any sport is continuing to review what works for rugby in this country, in this example. So just because they've always played Super Rugby or we've always played the Kiwis doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for us. I expect us to have a strong revenue um, position into the future within Super Rugby Pacific, but it's important to always look at your opportunities and what's best for your game. So I think it's actually a really smart way of going about it. Do I expect the status quo to continue? Yes. Yeah. I, like, will you look at it? What, are we going to have a five-team comp and play each other four times or something like that? Well, mate, being a commentator, I want South Africa back. I want to get back to Cape Town and Durban and all those sorts of things in a completely unbiased, objective way. For tourist purposes? No, or? I just think it's great rugby. It's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. No, it's good to tour. It's good to get on, on, on the road and have fun and, and see the great thing about the previous Super Rugby is you could play different kinds of rugby. Yep. We're playing the Kiwis a lot. We're playing ourselves a lot. South Africa were a power game. Argentina were very different. The rise of the Sunwolves and Japanese rugby, the third biggest economy in the world, it's important what's their mm. role in Super Rugby Pacific. We now have Pacific Island representation. So I think everything's going forward in a great way for Super Rugby Pacific. It's been a great year. I expect that to, to be very similar and evolve. Quick one on cricket as well. The Big Bash set to introduce a player draft this year, according to Pete Lawler uh, from News Corp, writing in The Australian. So, yeah, you can do all these things about it, and the UAE T20 competition is going to start, so all the big money is going to go to that. South Africa's got a T20 competition. All I can see clearly for the future of the Big Bash, they've got to ensure, especially through January school holidays, that the white ball Australian games allow for as much... Big Bash representation by the big stars, Smith, Cummins, um, Hazelwood, all those guys, all the big dogs come back and play in Big Bash. That will help it. At the moment, uh, it looks like there's a white ball series with South Africa in Australia. That's been tentatively put in the schedule for this year. But the talk is, Peter Layla talked about this, uh, that that's not going to happen. So that will free some of those stars up. And then what this draft is, I think it's going to be capped at maybe $450,000 for the platinum players, so guys from around the world, mm. to try and influence them to come in. And then hopefully we get some of those Aussie guys. But it seems like the Big Bash a downward trend. Ratings are down. Crowds are down. And if it continues, oh, I can't see it changing very quickly. They need those Aussie players playing. Anyway. And probably shorter. Maybe shorter, yep. get it done. Like It yeah. became my screensaver at home on the TV in, in summer. You chuck it on because you can have it on in the background. You can sit down and watch it. If it's a good game and it's not an obvious result early, you yeah. can sit down and watch the game. But it just seemed to continue and continue. Well, interestingly, the IPL are doing the complete opposite. They're trying to get a longer season because they've signed the richest TV deal. They've got to get their money's worth out of their players, surely. So they're yeah. trying to, Peter Layla reported, that they're going to try and block out a two-and-a-half window in the international cricket schedule. Two-and-a-half so month, yeah. all players around the world will be able to play in it. So, I mean, we're just trying to it's get insane. two, three weeks for the Big Bash. It's crazy stuff. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. 
chicken and maccas together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.